time for King's Weekly. He's got the bucket! Recapping the week that was, previewing what's ahead, and looking at the biggest stories surrounding the team. It's King's Weekly. Here's your host, Chris Watkins. Welcome in to yet another edition, episode. I'm not really sure what to call these things. I'm used to doing podcasts, so I'm gonna, I, I feel like I'm just going to naturally call them episodes. Of King's Weekly... As you heard from The Voice Guy, I'm your host, Chris Watkins. Thank you so much for joining us. If you joined us last week, thank you for your continued support. If this is your first time checking in with us, welcome. (laughs) We are doing this every single Saturday at 11 o'clock, traditionally going until noon. But uh, this week, this week we're making an exception. Uh, We have UC Davis football coming up at, at noon so we will have a shorter show, a half-hour show for you today, going until 11.30. And I'm excited. I'm a lot, I'm a lot less nervous this week, which, uh, which hopefully lends itself to a better show. Got my man Kyle on the other side of the glass. I got Frankie Cardicelli, who will be joining me later on in the show. Frankie's uh, our Kings insider here at Sacktown Sports 1140. He's also my Return of the Roar podcast co-host. So very excited to get his thoughts on, uh, on how things are going on opening night. And on all that. But uh, without further ado, let's get into this thing, right? The Kings had their opening night uh, on Wednesday against the Portland Trail Blazers. Very, very exciting times. It's always exciting for, for opening night. Opening night always brings optimism, always brings fun, the energy, the crowd was electric on opening night. Uh, you can definitely feel that from, from the start. But unfortunately, the Kings fell 108 uh, 115 to the Portland Trail Blazers was not what I expected. As I said last week, I was kind of expecting a blowout. I guess looking back, uh, I, I, you know, I wasn't really wrong in my, in my thought process. I thought the Kings would, would play a lot like how they did against the Blazers in that preseason game where we saw Damian Lillard completely shut down by Casey Paul. I believe he was two of nine in that preseason game. Um, I, I expected the Kings to have a similar game plan, shut down Damian Lillard, try and have their other guys beat them, have Anthony Simons beat them, have Jeremy Grant beat them, and that's pretty much exactly what happened. Uh, it was it was a rough night uh, defensively for the Kings. I don't think that's something that that Mike Brown's going to want to see moving forward from his team. Uh, Mike Mike actually had some pretty some pretty harsh I, I would say harsh statements for his team uh, in the post game following uh, following the loss. I watched us do stuff in this game tonight that we haven't done all the preseason, all the training camp. You know, the one thing we, we, we have done is, is fouled, and that was no different tonight. We gave up 33 free throws, and you give up 33 free throws, 11 offensive rebounds, and then you have uh, 16 turnovers for 18 points. Right there, the possession game's out the window, and you're not giving yourself – much of a chance to win. We shoot better than them from three. We shoot better than them from from two. But we don't do the little things, and and that hurt us. I'm excited to go watch the film, as crazy as it sounds, because uh, I I did not recognize the team that was out there most of the night. Uh, I thought the guys tried to compete, okay, but they didn't compete the right way, and we lost the game because of it. I know this group can play a lot better on both ends of the floor. Again, I'm not taking anything away from, you know, uh, Chauncey and his group, but I know this group can play a whole heck of a lot better on both ends of the floor. And, uh, you know, we'll start by uh, watching the film and getting after it in practice. Those are some pretty 
pretty stern comments from Mike. I, I him calling his team unrecognizable to me is is that's you know that that's getting through to the team. I mean, it, and it really is true. It was true that team was not the team that we saw throughout the preseason, um, and that was the big fear for for once once the ball really got rolled out and, and regular season play started. Would they look as good as they did in the preseason? And Mike Brown right there lays it out that that was not that team. He has not seen that team. He he mentioned he you know even in even in training camp the team didn't look like that. There was a lot of isolation basketball uh, during the preseason. We saw great ball movement routinely from the Kings. That went out the window. I'm not sure if that had to do with De'Aaron Fox's 33 points. I mean he he was phenomenal, but I'm wondering if if maybe. You know, he he might have fallen a little bit too much into isolation play. You saw Demonis Sabonis didn't really get things going. He only took ten shots. Rashawn Holmes only took one shot. So that tells me if your two bigs are getting a combined eleven shots in a game, um, especially Demonis Sabonis, who's supposed to be a, a major as big of a key to this offense as De'Aaron Fox, if he's only if they're only going to get that limited of touches, that tells me um, that that the offense wasn't looking for them and they were really again just just looking for their shots and that's not that's not how this Kings team is going to survive. They Mike Brown has has preached about paint touches all preseason um, and throughout training camp about how when when I'll use De'Aaron as an example, if De'Aaron drives gets two feet in the paint, that's going to pull a wing defender or a corner defender into the paint to try and help. And that's where they want to get the offense. They want De'Aaron to then find the corner and maybe, maybe the corner gets it on off the catch and, and shoots it there. Or again, they move the ball around and try and get them lost in rotation. And that's how Mike Brown wants to get this offense going. But what he saw from his team in game one, what I saw from the team in game one um, was not what we were promised and what we saw during the preseason he mentioned them getting killed on the offensive glass. They've mentioned before that they believe that they can be a top offensive rebounding team in this league with, with Demonis Sabonis, who's who's an excellent offensive rebounder. They got killed 11-4. to That's not something that's going to be conducive to winning. That's a lot of extra second-chance points um, that, thankfully, the Blazers didn't really convert too much of. But uh, that's a lot of second-chance points that you just don't want to give up, and that's how you lose. Uh, points in the paint was a huge point of emphasis also for Brown in the postgame, uh, mentioning how how they just let defenders go through the middle of the paint. The Kings got killed. Points in the paint was a 56-38 to 38 advantage to the Blazers. They got absolutely demolished in the paint. And then when you throw on top of that the amount of free throws, the free throw discrepancy was 33-19. to 19. That's just a lot of extra points, a lot of easier points that the Blazers were getting. And yes, the Kings did shoot really, really well from three. I think they shot 39 or 40 percent from three um, on 44 attempts, which is insane. I I looked it up last night and only four other teams uh, this season in this short season so far have taken more than 44 threes in a game so that's that's an astronomical number um, and if the I've, I've heard tales that the kings are are aiming to to get towards that 40 mark per game in threes uh, so if they can shoot it like that I mean that's that's something positive that we can maybe look look at from this game is is they took the amount of threes that they wanted to and they knocked them down into a pretty good clip um, but but to Mike Brown's point and I think the 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 overall mood of from that game was was disappointment and just not exactly what we wanted to see from from opening night. 
but it wasn't all bad. You know, it, it, I can't I can't harp too much on on the bad. There was some positives to take out of take out of that opening night. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was a huge standout. Obviously, thirty three points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, he was five of nine from three, which is which is phenomenal for De'Aaron Fox. I can't think of the last time he he had a game where he shot that well. And if he can be consistent like that from th- throughout the season, who knows what that does for for De'Aaron throughout the year? That was very good to see. Kevin Herter shot the lights out of the gym. He was eight of twelve from the field, six of nine from three. Uh, they they called off uh, the last second shot that Herter took. Uh, the the last shot that the Kings took of the game, they called that a two. So Herter could have been seven of ten from three, even. Uh, Terrence Davis, I thought, came off the bench and shot well. Um, obviously, Terrence Davis also had uh, th- probably the most important play of the night, where he uh, he got the rebound off of off of the missed Kevin Herter three and uh, got the putback, which was an incredible highlight. Uh, he. You know, Kevin. They got it off the offensive rebound. Kevin Herter shoots it from way, way downtown. One of the few misses of this night, uh, and it looked like the Blazers were getting the board. And then on the slow mo, re- the slow mo replay really did it justice. Terrence Davis gets his paw up there from out of nowhere, one hand, and throws it down. Um, and that's really where the highlight ends. Because uh, after that, Terrence Davis's incredible dunk, which I tweeted out uh, at Chris M Watkins. Follow me on Twitter. Um, I tweeted out that video, earned him number seven on the NBA's uh, top ten plays that night. So it was it was an incredible play. It was an incredible highlight. But like I said, the dunk is where the highlight stopped because when Terrence Davis landed, uh, that's when he flexed. Uh, it 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 appeared. See, I don't think Terrence Davis got the tech for flexing, and I don't think they also showed it on the TV broadcast. He got the tech because as he was flexing, you're allowed to flex and then look at your bench and scream and do all that, and they they allow you to celebrate. But for about half a second, TD looked down at Damian Lillard, and I think that's where he got the tech. Was it was the showboating aspect? They felt like he was like standing over Damian Lillard and flexing on him, and unfortunately, that's the tech. I think it's pretty ticky tacky. It's unfortunate for it to come down in such a such an important situation. Um, obviously, after that, the Kings that would have put the Kings up two, kind of put the ball in the Blazers' court um, and forced the Blazers to make shots down the stretch, which they actually inevitably did. But um, with with that technical foul, it only put them uh, down one, and then a couple possessions go by. Jeremy Grant gets the and one um, that puts the Blazers up two, and then. Fox had that step back three that kind of uh, that looked like it was going in, but it was a really tough shot. Went in and out in the corner, and uh, from that point, the game was kind of over. But I do want to play G-Man's call of uh, of the Terrence Davis dunk because it was. And now a the lob play. inside to Sabonis, he makes the catch. He's fouled once. He's bumped twice. He feeds to Herter, steps into the three, rims it out. Spike put back from the weak side. Terrence Davis off the bounce, knocks it down. Oh, my. Kings take the lead, 106-104. And the crowd electrified. But I believe a technical foul has been called on Terrence Davis. G-Man's the best. He just, he knows how to, he knows how to call a moment, man. That guy, he is a treasure. We are so, so blessed to have someone as as amazing as G-Man. I believe in his 38th season doing Kings basketball, which is just absurd. G-Man, you are a true treasure. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me that that's where the game really ended. 
it was unfortunate. I think I kind of weirdly side with the refs on the call. Um, I think it's just the letter of the rule. And it's interesting to me that it kind of, when, when I saw that play and I, I saw the tech and I was thinking, is this really, is this something that they traditionally call? It's, it, it made me think of like the Allen Iverson in the finals where he steps over Ty Lue and doesn't get, I don't, to my memory, I mean, I was probably like six when that happened. I remember it very vividly, but they've played that highlight for the past 22 years since it happened. Uh, and I'm by no means calling the Terrence Davis dunk uh, to the level of that Allen Iverson step over. But, you know, that's, it's interesting to me that that is a, an all-time highlight from Allen Iverson. Him stepping over that guy, like we're all acknowledging that was super cool and super I mean, it was disrespectful. It really was. And that's what we love about it was he really showed him up. Um, and, and for Terrence Davis to get a tech for showing him up is it's interesting to me that that that's just I think it's just a, a telltale sign of how uh, how soft we've gotten. You know, These, <laughs> it's just uh, it's it's unfortunate. But I think it, it, it did end up costing the Kings the game. And that's a that's the unfortunate part. Uh, coming up, we have my co-host Frankie Cardicelli joining us from Return of the Roar and our Kings insider here. I'm going to ask him with Keegan Murray's uh, NBA debut going on tonight, what he expects to see from the Kings forward. It's Kings Weekly with Chris Watkins. Okay. All right, Kyle. I see you. All right. That that was that was hype. Can I can I get a Mike Brown scream thrown in there? Ah, you cut, cut the other one. The other one, too. Turn the f- Jets on. Ah, turn the Jets on. Let's turn go. The f- Jets on. <laughs> that is an all-time... Mike Brown is an all-time sound clip. I I absolutely... I mean, Alvin was also pretty great for for, for some for some great audio moments, but Mike Mike is Mike is, came out hot, hot out the gates with two absolute banger audio clips. Turn, uh, so, the, f- Jets turn the Jets on. God, if you haven't seen that clip... Make sure to watch. Uh, I believe it was on the run, the Kings, Sacramento Kings uh, YouTube series. That's that's chronicling uh, the Kings season so far. It's been fantastic, and uh, that legendary clip came came from from that video. Joining me now, my co-host of the Return of the Roar podcast, which you can check out uh, on the Sacktown Sports website, also wherever you get your podcast from. He is also a Kings insider here at Sacktown Sports eleven forty. He likes to throw air quotes. Uh, Frankie Cardicelli. Frank, thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, how you doing? Chris, it's an honor to be sitting oh, here with stop, you in this room. Stop. Got my iPad over here sitting on a Nicolas Cage pillow that I think that <laughs> it was banned from the media room by our boss, Nick Cattles. But we're busting that out of retirement today to uh, talk about some Kings, man. But I'm very proud of you and happy for stop you. Stop it. Stop This man it. has his own show. Stop it. It's been a dream of his. Stop. Don't, you're air quoting that now. But <laughs> no, no, man. It, don't, don't, don't downplay <laughs> that. I know. I know. But uh, it's an honor, man. It's an honor to be here. You. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you for being on. I, I kind of got you last minute, but but you, you came through clutch, and you're always there, man. So appreciate it. Uh, people have had enough of this. Thank you. Uh, it's a love fest. It's all right. Bro it's fest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're just two bros bro. Oh, we're broing right down. Uh, Frank, let's talk about the Kings. You and I love to talk about the Kings. This segment will probably go on long because every time you and I end up talking about the Kings, it goes on forever, and we can just keep on, keep on going. Uh, so without further ado... 
A big talk immediately after the game, and I kind of touched on it uh, in that last segment right there, was the officiating in the game. The Kings got into foul trouble very early. Uh, Casey Paula, I believe, got in foul trouble early. Demonis Sabonis was also in foul trouble throughout the night. I think De'Aaron Fox finished with five fouls as well. Uh, do you feel like, this is a little hyperbolic, but do you feel like the referees co- cost the Kings the game? Did they, like, kind of reach in their O2 bag? Right. Like, O2 game six <laughs> were they, bag? Were the refs deep in their bag? Um, You know, I, I think that there were some definitely, like, some questionable calls. And the Kings were probably a little over, you know, maybe a little over-aggressive on defensive end, too. Like, defense is such a huge aspect of what Mike Brown and his staff are trying to do. And that's great. That's important. But out of the gate, Casey Akpala, who started the game, mind you, after all that talk all right. offseason, he gets to start at small forward, or power forward, whichever position was basketball. Yeah. Three fouls, first seven minutes of the game. So like it's kind of a trend that happened all game long. Demonis Sabonis had two sloppy fouls late in the game that resulted in six points, two three-point plays. It was it was sloppy more, on, in my opinion. But, yeah, there were some questionable calls, for sure, on the Kings' end. I mean, last year, their season high in fouls was 28. And 25, which the Kings committed last game, would have been third most. So mm-hmm. that's kind of something I wouldn't expect to happen every game. Kind of an outlier, in my opinion. We'll see what happens tonight. That'd be kind of, you know, egg on my face if they right. commit 26 <laughs> fouls tonight. But... Uh, I, I think it was more of kind of them being a little over aggressive, and the refs kind of calling some fouls they wouldn't normally call in preseason play. It's just regular season right. time, regular season calls. So, right, and I think you're completely right there, and I think you know that's that's usually how it goes. Especially you know in the NFL, it's always a big talking point. The first three weeks of the of the season are always them trying to set the precedent and establish, hey, this was a point of emphasis this year. We're going to call this all the time, and then couple weeks couple yeah. months in it, it starts to lighten up but um it definitely i think had to do a lot with the amount of the physicality that mike brown wants to bring to the defensive end and i think there's that fine line of playing physical but also playing without fouling and it's just going to be an, a, a tightrope for them to walk i think throughout the season for sure um what do you what do you attribute demonis sabonis had a pretty rough night relatively uh i mentioned he only took 10 shots um, he had five assists, I think, and 13 points or something like that. He had four that. rebounds, which right. that was only one game last year. He had four rebounds or less. So, And it was a game that the Pacers lost by 30. So, Right. So what what, what do you th- what did you see from Domas? What did you, what did you think was, was slowing him down? You know, you know, he he wasn't as aggressive as we normally see, and that might be due to the fact that De'Aaron Fox was having just a great game. Aside, from, sure. aside from the turnovers, the turnovers, eight turnovers is not acceptable, and even Mike right. Brown brought that up yesterday that, you know, I can't have you turn the ball over eight times for my starting guy. Right. Can't do it. But with Fox kind of on one of his classic Darren Fox runs, Demonis Sabonis doesn't really get the chance to have the ball and operate at the top of the, the post like we are normally seeing him do. And that's where he's right. most valuable. When he has the ball at the top of the post, he's able to kind of orchestrate the offense. You have lots of cutters kind of slashing along the lane. Uh, your three-point shooter is Kevin Herter. Hopefully Keegan Murray tonight will, will be circling the perimeter, getting open looks. But uh, in the post... He isn't really like the bruising kind of type of player that we saw DeMarcus Cousins kind of play like back in the day. He can at certain times, but he was not able to get through, of all people, Justice Winslow last game. Now, credit to Justice Winslow because, you know, I loved him at Duke, but... I was shocked he's still in the league. He's beefed up. He is. I, I think he finally realized that his ideal position is the four, and he... You know, he to his credit, he looked really, really good against a player like Domas, and I think that's that's exactly what the Blazers are hoping to get from someone like for him. sure. And that being said, that just can't happen right. to Demonis Sabonis. You can't let Justice Winslow beat you. Right. And I mean, again, credit to Winslow for putting on the muscle and 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 
pushing around a, a two-time All-Star likes a bonus. But uh, what we saw last game from him was just, again, not to – kind of discredit what happened kind of an outlier i mean i, I don't think we're gonna see Sabonis have four rebounds too often he's a he's a 13 rebound per night guy and he struggled against nurkic against uh even jeremy grant gave him some trouble down in the post on the board so i think tonight i'm hoping we see him kind of get back into his the regular domos that we we have come to know right and another guy i don't know if it's on your list but harrison barnes another outlier for he the was game not to on me. my list <laughs> that's your guy though that is if anyone listens to the podcast you know that chris loves hb so, He's a very polarizing figure in my life. <laughs> well, I think we talked before the game. You, you and I talked about. I think you said he was going to have a big game. Though. I did. I think I mentioned it last episode as well. I, I, I just, it's more just I expect him to have a good season in general, and that's got to. And he typically last season he came out the gates incredibly hot. Oh, he had thirty points in opening, thirty six points opening I believe, night. Yeah, right. Um, but I'm not trying to throw egg and say, hey, you said he was going to have a big game and he didn't. <laughs> but I think you and I were texting. I said, oh, right. he's going to the casual HB fifteen five and four. Right. And uh, he, again, I think once he can't find his offense early, he just kind of backs off. Mm-hmm. And down the stretch, they, the Kings need that. They need – we've talked about how his his kind of like – not he's not LeBron James, but he has kind of like that six 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 seven muscular frame, and he can get into the paint. He's most valuable when he's going at the rim. So right. that wasn't there. He wasn't slashing and going to the rim. He wasn't even taking shots late. He mm-hmm. took ten shots, and they had eight points, nine points. So mm-hmm. having those two guys both have off nights and – no pun intended. Off for night. Dave, no pun intended. Speaking of off night, Davion did have an off night. He did have an off night. It's one game. It's one game. But having Keegan Murray back, having Sabonis hopefully shake off the rust, Harrison Barnes be more aggressive. I think it's going to be an interesting, a different look tonight. Right. You you mentioned the Kings rookie there, Keegan Murray. He's going to get his NBA debut tonight uh, against the Los Angeles Clippers. Didn't play against the Blazers game one. What do you expect to see from, or what what are you hoping I should say to see from from Keegan just coming out of the gate? Obviously. You, you know, you saw Shaden Sharp what he did his first night. Um, do you expect Keegan to come out strong or kind of look for his game? Well, it's great because you know the one thing about Keegan Murray is he's not going to press, and that's something his teammates have have given him compliments for. De'Aaron Fox is a huge Keegan Murray fan, and he's he said that multiple times that he never tries to get outside of his comfort zone. Uh, I think well tonight we'll see Keegan Murray. It depends on how long of a leash he has minutes wise. I we don't know. We'll find out from Coach Brown this afternoon. But I'd hope he can play a full twenty five thirty minutes because I think he's going to go out there. Take smart shots. He's going to bring defense. He has length that the Kings kind of need out there if Casey Paul is not going to be in the starting lineup, which kind of a side note, Keegan Murray was getting reps in with the starting unit last night mm. at, uh, at practice. Mm. So See, that's 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 and, why you can't put those quotes on Insider, my not friend. It's okay. Everyone, it's not. That's that's he, inside information. It's practice. That's breaking. We need a breaking. No, we no, need a no, breaking no, no. sound right now. Do you, do, do you want to know, <laughs> no, do you, do, do you know why you shouldn't do that? Because <laughs> also, Chemezi Meti was logging minutes with the starting unit. Look, so. it was a, it's called the smoke screen, Frank, okay? Well, Mike Brown loves those. He does. Exactly. So. That's right. Thank loves you. those. Loves uh, those. <laughs> we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you and I have, have looked forward uh, into the King schedule. They have a very, very, very tough start to their schedule. They play the Warriors three times in the next 12 games, play the Heat twice in the next 12 games. If the Kings lose tonight, go start off 0-2, it's it's a long long stretch before they before the schedule kind of loosens up and they start to get some some weaker teams in the league. Where is your panic meter at if the Kings lose tonight? Not as high as it was when we were in the uh, our old workroom downstairs right. and when the Kings were 0 five and we right. talked to our good friend Matt George, uh, Matt Boogie George. Yes. Matt, he, he told us that the Kings lost the Charlotte Hornets. He would quit his job. Right. They lost that night. I think on the uh, they blew up the big lead and 
the rest is history. But uh, I do think Matt that quit. keep an eye on that game. That the game coming up next week. That's a game the Kings. I mean, I hate to say should have right. more air quotes, but there are games that are going to be surprising. Games that should be winnable. But uh, yeah, I mean, today and tomorrow are going to be tough. The Clippers, even without Kawhi, tough. Tomorrow, Golden State on a back to back. Very tough. So I'm not going to hit the panic button if the Kings start 1-6, and 1-7. and seven. We've seen that happen so many times. But, you know, maybe they surprise us. Mm-hmm. And it just yesterday on Nick, the afternoon show, I was asked, do the Kings steal a game this weekend? And I, I said no. <laughs> I just said <laughs> Forever no. Forever optimist. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think Nick was just like, all right, well, thanks for joining us. But, <laughs> Great radio. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I slept on it, and I'm going to be a little optimistic today. I'm going to say they, they steal one today or tomorrow. You're going to say maybe. Say maybe it's interesting. I mean, you know, yeah. You look ahead. They play the Clippers tonight. They play the Warriors tomorrow. Thursday they play Memphis. Next Saturday they're playing Miami. Uh, then they go on a road trip. Play Charlotte, Miami again at Orlando, at Golden State. Come home for Cleveland. Uh, go back on the road for the Lakers, and then play the Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets at home. That's the Kings' next twelve games. That is a bloodbath. The Kings are going to have to hope to come out of that. Three wins, maybe four, if if yeah. you know, and then if you know, that's where this team can surprise us and maybe pick up some wins uh, against teams they're not supposed to beat. That's that's where we can really see some success for this team, and and hopefully they can do that. But Frank, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you where your panic meter is at right now for your beloved New York Yankees, who are finding themselves down o two to the Houston Astros. Pa- past panic into numb and acceptance. I'm just kind of like I'm going to tune the tune into the game at two, and I know that it's going to go bad. Right. Uh, last question, because I know we have to go. Yeah. Give me a prediction, Keegan Murray stat line right now. Tonight. I'm going to say Keegan comes out comes comes out the gates firing. I'm going to say 16 points, six rebounds, two assists, two or three threes okay. for Keegan. Um, and I think he starts. Ooh, I think he starts. I like that too. I'm going to say he starts. I'm going to go 18 seven. Three threes. Seven three threes. I like it. Gotcha. We have no Kawhi Leonard tonight, no John Wall tonight. That's hopefully something that falls in the Kings' favor. We've seen countless times that that's just not how it works uh, here in Sacramento. It doesn't matter if if LeBron James and and Steph Curry and Michael Jordan form a super team and they're not playing, that it's it's gonna it's gonna end up being those it's gonna whoever does play is gonna play like LeBron and like Steph and like Michael Jordan. That's just the way that it goes here in Sacramento. The Kings basketball. Kings basketball. Like I said, we have a short show today. That's gonna be it for us here. You can hear me later today on game night, filling in for Scott Marsh, who is doing UC Davis football. Uh, I will be joined by Henry the High Flyer Turner. So Oof. again, be sure to check out for that. That will be from 5.30 to 6.30 later today. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you, Kyle. I see Nate back there. Nate, thank you for offering the in and out. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all next week right here, same time, 11 o'clock. This is Kings Weekly with Chris Watkins. Thank-